Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. R&B artist and former Miss Tennessee USA, Tucker Nicole, is with us today. You are going to love her. She is a mom of three, a wife to Brandon Wright. He is a basketball player and he's awesome too. These are some of our friends and I'm just so excited for you to get to hear from Tucker. She's amazing. And we are talking about her new song and new album coming out soon. The song is This Is Why and I'm obsessed with it. And then the album is coming out late August and it's called Too Close to Home. Okay. I'm so excited to hang out with you today. My friend Tucker is here. Welcome to Wild Confidence. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> okay. So two fun facts about Tucker. Um, one, I almost named Goldie Tucker and I still love it for a girl so much. It's still staying on my list. Um, um, and we talked about it whenever we were at your house last about yes. like, if you like your name and you said you do, I need more girl tuckers out in the world too. So maybe baby girl number two can be Tucker. I really do think it, we're going to have a girl next to I really think I just have a feeling it's going to be a girl, even though we're not pregnant. Like we're not even trying right now, but I feel well, like y'all or anything. I feel like that entire friend group, like between my husband, your husband, Brian, Brandon's brother, like everybody has had girls. Yes. Like a whole yes, girl. Bergy, all of them. Everybody's yeah. had girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I love it. And then second fun fact, my favorite fun fact, probably, which you already probably know where I'm what I'm yeah. gonna say. <laughs> Tucker makes the best chocolate chip cookies absolutely known to man on planet earth. Thank you. 1000%. I don't even know how else to describe them other than little drops of manna that I'm pretty sure was the exact recipe that the Lord God used in the desert. <laughs> well, thank you. I am very proud of my cookies. They're so good. They're so good. And you, um, you said, Oh shoot. What were you saying whenever? Oh, that you've even like shared the recipe and like other people just can't quite get it right. I don't understand how though, like no offense to them. I don't say that. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Like I'll write down word for word, exactly how I do the recipe. Like I don't deviate what I've written down and everything. Like I've given the little recipe cards to friends and they're like, I don't know what happened. They didn't come out right. They didn't taste the same. And I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I need to like have a little friend group over and just like be the mom <laughs> everybody and how to make them the first time and then set my little baby bird <laughs> off to fly and make them on their own. I don't know. Please let me be a baby bird in that nest because absolutely, it's so, they're so good. I think you, whenever we came over, I can't remember why you were making them, but you were making um, a fleet of them. There was yeah. like- I want to say I quadrupled the recipe that time. Cause like every time I make them, I think it yields about two dozen and 
I think I, I think that weekend I'd counted six dozen by the time I'd finished making them. Cause my girls will crush them quickly. And yeah. then Brandon, um, and then I like them, but I make so many and I'm like, share the wealth and just give them away <laughs> Our babysitters, friends, anybody. I'm like, I'm baking this weekend time to share. Oh my gosh. I was thrilled to be, um, a recipient of the bounty because it was so good. <laughs> it was so I'll good. make sure I have some ready at the end of the month. Yes. Have- yes. I'm so excited. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your, what you're working on right now, what you're excited about right now. What's your, what are your latest projects? Well, I'm about to release my first album, which feels weird because I've been recording for so long and writing for so long, but I've never dropped an entire album. So that's about to change this fall. I believe it's end of August that this is end of in the fall that it's going to come out. Um, I need to check the data. I should probably know, but it's been pushed so many times just for a multitude of reasons that I mm-hmm. think now it's landed like August, September, but I'm so excited to just finally put out a whole body of work that, you know, means so much to me. And this particular project is based around past traumas and specifically dealing with narcissists and everything. So it was um, really hard to write the project just because I was scared to to talk about some of the things that I had dealt with, but it's been really healing to, to get it out. And I feel like to negate the whole issue of when you're dealing with narcissists and everything, you kind of go into silence and you feel like you have to retreat and not talk. And mm-hmm. talking has been one of the scariest, but most healing things and being able to put that into music and, and turn that into, to art has been really fun and exciting. It's what you've released so far is so good. So I can't wait for <laughs> yeah. the whole album. I literally, when I heard, um, this is why, which is, uh, the song that I immediately was like, wait a second, this is, this is, first of all, it's awesome. I loved it. And then <laughs> Second, I was like, wait, this is the soundtrack for my book. Like if my book had a soundtrack, this is what it would look like. Because part of, you know, Don't Date a Booboo Dude has a lot to do with like dating relationships, but specifically abusive or toxic relationships. Uh So whenever I heard that song, I was like, wait a second, at halt, because this is it. Like it was, it's so good. So I really can't wait for the album and, and everything else you're doing. Um, and so you were saying that the writing process is hard, but what was like that whole process like? Well, for this song, I've, I've wrote and recorded everything out of LA. Um, you know, I live in Nashville, but oh, I had, nice. yeah. um, I had spoken with a new group of producers that I hadn't worked with before. And before going in, I wanted to like really know what the whole premise of my project was going to be. Um, And I felt really brave and was like, you know what? I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to stop like, you know, tiptoeing around the subject. Like I'm actually going to go ahead and talk about some of the things that I've been through. Mm -hmm. And um, whenever I go into the studio and um, even just a writing session, whatever, I try to be prepared with at least an idea um, of what I want to do. And for that, I had like a bunch of song titles with a bunch of essentially poetry that I'd written underneath. And for whatever reason, the title, this is why came out to me. And so the song was built around that title, but the title came from 
the fact that I kept hearing through the grapevine from past abusive situations that the people were reaching out to like anyone and everyone who would listen and be like, I don't know why Tucker won't talk to me anymore. I don't know why she's the blah, blah, blah. Like, and I just, it was offensive hearing it at the first, like first time hearing that the confusion of me not wanting to be involved with them anymore. But then it became like funny because it's like, wait, we had so many conversations where we sat face to face and I said, this is why, like, this yeah. is, I legitimately sat there and we came to a, we had an, a, an agreement where this person understood, or at least in that conversation said, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like I understand why, like that would be hurtful to you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, tr- I'm like, first of all, in that situation was proud of myself to even be able to confront this person face to face and say, yeah you know, this doesn't work for me. This is really harmful. If we're going to continue being a part of each other's lives, like things need to change. So it could be helpful and helpful and healthy and beneficial for everybody to stay around each other, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but they heard that whole conversation, walked away from it, continued to do the same abusive, horrible things. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm out. So it was funny sitting in the writer's room being like, no, okay, you gaslight. You are abusive in more ways than I can, than I can count. And that I can attest Mm -hmm. to it. Like I wanted it to be funny to some degree because it's like, they know why. Exactly. They know why they can play dumb and act like they're the victim or like when they know that they're not, I'm like, when you're the, the narcissistic cruddy person who you know (laughs) like you know you made me hurt in so many ways that I can't even get out in a a 30 minute time period you know what I mean like this is this whole it was very harmful so that's where it was like combining the the confusion of the fact it's like why are they acting like they have no idea why okay cool you don't remember why this is why so right and then that came the song. How quickly did you write it? Uh, that was like a few hours we wrote that song. It was so pretty quick. Good. We wrote it. Say, it seems like it would be so fast because it, yeah. I mean, it's so, I don't know. It just seems like one of those songs that was like, yeah, this. Well, because like once you start quickly. talking about it, it's so fun and funny that you're like, all right, I'm going to lay it out and I'm going to tell you everything. So we like wrote the first, we wrote the song in the first half of the morning and then we we're recording it by late afternoon. So what you heard like in the recording is the day that we wrote the song. So that all, that's the final track from. Oh, from- shoot. That was all the same day. That was the same day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. That's wild. You know, and I'm like, when I was sitting, hearing it for the first time, I I mean, I heard it whenever I think you just posted about it and I just went to listen to it. Um, And I remember thinking like, thinking about my boo-boo dudes and plural and singular, but there's one in particular that I'm like, you know, whenever I heard like, this is why you're on your own or you're alone or something. I was like, yeah, 
that that's exactly why. And yeah. that's, it's so sad that this song is so relatable, Yeah, but it's also so powerful for that same reason. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's actually crazy how many messages from friends and just like new people that have just heard the song that um, found it and wanted to reach out and said, oh my gosh, I feel this. Like I relate to this. And my response first is always like gratitude that I'm glad somebody loves the song. But then at the same time, like, I don't love that this is a club that we're all a part of that we can relate to it so well. But like you said, there's power in, in having that in common with somebody because it makes you feel less crazy. It Mm -hmm. makes you feel validated because that's the first thing that like a boo-boo dude is going to do is make you feel like you're crazy for the things that he did to you. You know what I mean? So like, yes, it's so validating having a group of people that has, that can, uh, that can relate to your feelings. Cause again, it just, it brings power and strength and it just makes you feel more confident to, to heal, you know, cause if somebody else can can relate to you and it kind of becomes a sounding board with your friends or peers or whatever to, to heal and move on and hopefully not fall into the traps of those type of people anymore, you know? Right. Right. Exactly what you're saying. Like if you are able to recognize those behaviors with other people and they also are like validating that and they're like, yeah, no, that's real. You're like, okay, whoa, now I know what to look for or now I know what to avoid. So then you can avoid that moving forward. It hopefully my now seen it. Like my BS detector is so high and strong now. Like it, it took, because I feel like for so long, I, I don't want to say felt victim to these type of people, but I just was not, um, I didn't realize that I deserved better than the treatment that I was getting. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like, Oh, I can fix this person or, because I'm a Christian and I'm, I've, I'm a I consider myself to be a good person. Like, oh, well I can be the one to evolve them and change them and yeah. fix them and heal them. I'm like, I can't do that. Only Jesus can. So I need to stop putting all of this pressure to be like this person's healer when mm-hmm. they just become like an emotional vampire to the point where you just are giving and giving and giving and you get nothing in return. And it took me realizing that that was unhealthy for me because at the same time you feel guilty even saying, well, I'm not their healer. You have this guilt that comes Mm -hmm. with, I did where I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to heal them. I'm supposed to make them, you know, to change everything. If somebody doesn't want to change, they're not going to change. If they don't want to change for themselves, they're sure not going to do it for me. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you, what you're saying is so, um, common, I think like the fixer and the healer and, and you know what, I was even told in my abusive relationship that I was the only one who could, you know, like love them. You can do it. Love them the way that they need. No. And you're like, that's not my job. And then, you know, what else I was thinking is I also find that I was always, uh, falling for their potential more than them, you know, like even if I couldn't fix them, maybe they would evolve like themselves. And I know who they could be. Like, I know they have a good heart and I'm like, yeah, what about the hamprint on my arm? That's (laughs) right. You know, (laughs) and you think uh, about everybody's always like, yeah, 
it's the right thing to do to fix them and to help them Mm -hmm. and forgiveness and, you know, forgive them. And I'm like, I finally got to the point where like family members, friends, everybody could see all of these horrible things happening. And you have one group of people be like, you know, just forgive and, you know, just, it'll be fine and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but you know, forgiveness and continuing in a relationship with somebody do not have to be synonymous. Yeah. I can forgive somebody while also making the conscious decision that, you know, we're not, we don't coexist well. Yep. So I hope and pray that they evolve and get healed, but I can no longer step up to the plate to go to battle every day in hopes that this person will turn into the potential that I feel that they have. Mm-hmm. And it learned, it took me stepping back and letting them go. And I realized that was another form of loving them because when you just enable, 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 because if you keep hitting me, which was happening, like mm-hmm. I'm getting physically, uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially abused by X, Y, Z people over the span of time, where if I'm keep going back to the well to feed from them, then I'm telling them that how you're treating me is okay. Right. And not that that's my fault, but what I realized was I'm going to step away. I'm Mm -hmm. going to go. It was a very hard decision to make. It's scary Mm -hmm. to cut ties with people that you feel are soul ties, you know? Yes. Yes. But I was not going to allow myself to continue to be their victim. They'll find a new victim. They always do. True. But I got tired of that role mm-hmm. and I can love them from afar. And part of loving them from afar is praying for them and praying that their hearts can change. And if they can, that's great for the next people to deal with them. Not yeah. me. Cause I've moved on. I'm happy. I'm great. And that's just how it is sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think like even hearing your album and hearing this specific song, it almost, I I really do think it'll save people from these kinds of relationships because Mm -hmm. people will hear it. Then they'll be like, wait, 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 wait. You know, it'll, I think it'll bring realization in more ways than you even like realize now. Like even we tell stories all the time, but music just does something. Yeah. You know, I like, I really hope that it becomes like a template for people to listen to and be like, wow, okay, this is where she is now. And this is how it started. And these were the signs that she saw throughout time, whatever. I don't want, I want people to hear my mistakes so that they don't have to necessarily repeat them. And I know that it's like, especially I'm a, I'm a mother of three and I three little sweet baby girls. And so I feel like it's my responsibility to be honest and open with them about my past experiences so that they can hopefully not repeat (laughs) the same pattern and that I made. And, and if I'm honest with them about these are the signs that I saw, this is, you know, these are the signs that I saw and ignored because Mm, I, again, the word potential, um, I, I just want them, I want my girls and then anybody else that's listening to be like, Oh, a red flag okay, cool. That's a red flag. I'm running from it. I'm not going to just hold the red flag with a silly smile on my face and say, yeah. I'm going to just wave this red flag that he gave <laughs> yeah. to me. 
and it's so <laughs> right now while it's just all wavy and pretty and then you get stabbed mm-hmm. by the red flag and you're like oh man I wish I would have just seen the red flag for what it was yes it's like isn't the when you go to the ocean isn't the flag for sharks red yeah or one of those or marine like, life or, or current or something like right. that like so you see the danger flag. yeah danger you see them and you're not like oh wow these waves could crush me to death yeah let me go swim right. you know like, I don't see oh there's sharks in the water let me go swim with them and see they might not eat me they might not but let me just try my luck like no we need to be able to see those red flags the same way that we should see them and like dating, really dating friendships, familial, whatever, like relationships or relationships. So it can kind of spill over to any of those types, but. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're so right. Y'all it is happening. I am so excited to finally bring you the book that I've been working on called don't date a boo boo dude. It is a guide to raise your standards, realize your worth and remove shame from the dating game. I'm writing this book on a mission that girls everywhere will embrace a wild confidence in their identity in Christ and fulfill the calling that God has placed on their lives. Y'all, it's time to raise the bar, link arms, and fix our crowns. The book is available now. Go get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the places, all the things. I'm so excited to share this with you. It's so funny because I'm hearing you and I'm like, yeah, this is my heart for the book too. Like, I'm like, okay, we are, our hearts are so aligned in this mission that it makes me so excited for the next girl and yeah. for our girls, but for the next girl to not have to deal with it or to have the strength to walk away. You know, yes. I was think, I'm thinking like, how did you even come to this realization and have the strength to walk away? I, this man, this was such a long period of time with the, I'm trying to say it with different types of, yeah, it was over a span of time. And I remember in particular that I continued to have the same conversation Mm -hmm. with a particular person and I continued to attempt to set boundaries. I'm going to say attempt, because, you know, if you set a boundary, If you ask for a boundary, but you don't make it clear and you don't reinforce it, then it means nothing. So I just, I kept asking, begging and pleading and crying, please, please, please don't do this anymore. Please, please, please be who I need you to be for me. And I got all these empty promises and all these, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sorry to the point where I'm sorry just became a bandaid until the next time they did it again. And where I was sick of, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear I'm sorry again, because you're not sorry. You're just saying what you need to say to keep me around so that you can keep stringing me along for the next time. And I'll never forget the final conversation where I finally was just, my eyes were opened and I never looked back. Really? And I remember the person apologizing to me. And we're standing right in front of each other, both arms crossed. And they look at me and said, do you accept my apology? And I just, and at that point I saw them for who they were because their eyes were completely 
when you're dealing with these type of people, it's like with this person, their eyes would like glaze over when they were in their, one of their moods. Yes. And oh my looking gosh, at yes. me, I'm like, this is, they're in the, it's like, they're in the upside down right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at them and they say, do you accept my apology? And I just looked and I said, I always do. And that was it. We both turned away. They just turned away, like with their arms crossed and stormed out of the room and went down the stairs and all this stuff. And it was just so pitiful and dramatic because they were not sorry. They just right. wanted me to put the bandaid on for them. And I just, you know, I, I said what I needed to say to get out of the room, whatever. And, but from that moment to me, I was just like, I see you for who you are. Mm. You do not have a spell over me anymore. I'm not scared of you anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm out. And, you know, I knew that saying goodbye would have a lot of repercussions from mutual friends and, and whatnot, but I was willing to take on whatever. I didn't care. I'm like, nothing that they're saying behind my back could hurt me more than they did in person. They can't mm -hmm. get me physically anymore. The words will, you know, sometimes hurt, but like, Oh, well, yeah. If that's what they have to say about me to make them feel better about themselves, then, you know, okay. But all of those little words and things that you hear from the grapevine just becomes more like it gives you more solid foundation to realize that you made the right decision mm -hmm. because all I asked for at the be beginning was just space. I was like, you know, I need some time because after that conversation, I had had like a text thing where I'm like, I just need a little space and we'll see. Well, space turned into, I didn't know if it was going to be a couple of weeks, a couple of months. And they became so hostile and volatile in that time of space, that space turned into weeks, months, years. Yeah. And I don't want to say it was necessarily a test, but to some degree, like I probably could have maintained some sort of relationship with this person if they had just shown that they had some kind of remorse for right. the treatment, you know, and they had zero remorse and they again, played, played dumb about what happened because they knew what happened. And then you're hearing weeks later, Tucker won't talk to me anymore. I don't, this isn't like her. Why won't she talk to me? I'm like, okay. And I just had to ignore it because mm -hmm. I'm through the, I guess the, uh, the term that they use in the community with narcissistic abuse is the flying monkeys. So they would send those towards me, like, yeah. you know, they miss you. They really miss you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And like, what do they miss about me in particular? Do they miss having an easy target? They miss the punching mm -hmm. bag. Do they miss, you know, like I, I was no longer willing to be that. And there were so many people that wanted me to go back into that role so that they wouldn't have to play it instead. Mm -hmm. Those people then that are having to listen and be annoyed by the, the person that had hurt me, listening to them just harp and harp about how upset they were that I didn't want to be abused anymore. Then I become their enemy too, because look, if you would just come back, then they'll be quiet. And I'm like, no, they won't. Like, you just won't have to deal with it, but I will. And I'm not willing yeah. to do. Yeah. So good. I'm Fun. so, I'm, I mean, I'm just excited for you that you were able to 
make that separation, walk away and have the strength to stay away because that's, that's a really big deal. Yeah. You know, not everybody gets that, um, strength and that perspective. So I'm hopeful that by hearing your work and your story that they will, that they'll yeah. be like, no, 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 but Tucker did it. So I, 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 someone else did it. I know I can do it too. Yeah. And then they have an anthem to blast in the car on the way out (laughs) (laughs) as they drive away. (laughs) Right. One of the things that I have been asked multiple times is how I am so confident. And (laughs) y'all, it's all Jesus. I'll tell you that. But I did make a field guide for you. If you do want practical steps on how to find your wild confidence, that is available. If you go to my website, ainsleybritton.com and you click on field guides, you can find it right there for $49 and you too can find your wild confidence. So you mentioned it earlier, um, but you were saying you, sorry, mentioned Brandon's name. And then you mentioned that you're happy now. So now we need to highlight the fact that you are happily married. You have a beautiful family and all of the stuff is, uh, or all of the content that you're writing on right now is inspired by the past, um, which is same. Exactly. So, (laughs) um, I love that for us. (laughs) Right. I love the happy ending. Very Disney of us. Tucker and her family love Disney. So we had to mention that. (laughs) but do you have any advice for girls who may be in that place that we were both in that, in that toxic relationship, um, but hoping to end up in a happy marriage? Yeah. Um, first of all, yeah, I definitely want to say poor Brandon, because my husband is so supportive and he gets messages from people asking if the songs are about him. No, "No, they're not like, he's just incredibly supportive. (gasps) healing and telling my story. And, um, I just, I think back on when I met him, he was, I remember him being so incredibly different from anybody I'd ever met before. And I, I, I thought I had a type and it was always because I'm a musician and I'm a creative and I love, I just was, was, I feel like a magnet for other creatives who end up being very dramatic. And for me, that was, it was like fire and, and gasoline. It just did not, Mm -hmm. didn't go well, but with Brandon, he's so calm. And I think coming from a background of dealing with abusive relationships and abusive situationships, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) that calm can be scary and even boring at first where you're like so used to the chaos that you think that that's what's normal and you think that love is supposed to be this super dramatic scene of slamming doors and punching walls and you know shaking somebody by the arms to the point where there's handprints and things that you're just oh, he's just passionate or they just, you know, they love me so much that these emotions just get the best of them. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's all a lie. Like that's all I had to completely redefine what the word love meant. Or actually Mm -hmm. I, I realized that I had been redefining it by whatever society's view was of it, that you watch all these movies and, you know, 
teen dramas that everything is so dramatic, that yeah. everything is so hard. Like love is hard. I'm like, man, look, I was in relationships where the first month where it's, you start like fire and you end equally in a different type of fire by the end of that month where you're like, wow, a month is not a long time, but it felt like a lifetime with yeah. this person. Um, but yeah, I allowed myself to settle into the calm and the comfort and it wasn't boring and it wasn't, um, scary. And it was something that to me was incredibly romantic that I knew that I had somebody reliable and consistent. And when he told me he was going to do something, he did it. If he's, you know, and, and I thought about all the times where guys wouldn't make time and everybody was busy and you're like, oh, well, you know, they don't have time to see me. I'm sorry. My husband <laughs> is incredibly busy. He travels. Like when we started dating, it was during his off season. He plays um, basketball, but we, um, I did not spend much time away from him. And it wasn't that I was being clingy or trying to be with him. He wanted to be with me. Yeah. And it, then that I really realized, wow, guys that want to spend time with you will make time for you. They won't play busy or they won't play games where they want to hang out with you all weekend. And then you don't hear from them for five days straight. Yeah. That's what I used to deal with. And I, I just was sick of it and it was exhausting. And to have somebody that was stable and reliable and consistent and kind. And, um, yeah, I, I went, I stayed there and never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy how jarring it is whenever you get into a healthy relationship and you're just like, Whoa, it's like, so terrifying at the beginning. Whoa. Well, because you're almost waiting for them to start acting crazy mm -hmm. or where you're like, you're so nice. What's the catch? Yeah. You're spending time with me. Where's the other girl? You right. know what I mean? Like start, you, you have to retrain your brain because you start waiting for all of these awful things to occur. When you find a great guy, when I find, and it was funny, I was like, I weeks leading up to Brandon, I was telling a, a married friend of mine, I was like, I just hope I can find the right guy. And I found literally the right guy, his last name. <laughs> his right. last name, that's right. And I, a friend of mine, this same friend had told me before she met her husband that she was looking for a good man. And did you not, his last name, Goodman. So she literally found, and so the friend, that was the friend that I had told that I wanted to find the right, I just need to find the Stop. right guy. So that was really like, that was funny how that turned that's out. That's hilarious. But, yeah. I just, I let myself be happy in a calm environment. And that was so foreign for me, but it was, that was finally where I was able to start healing and working through everything that I had dealt with in the past. Mm -hmm. it, I, I love the, I love the boring quote unquote, you know, like <laughs> whenever me and Justin, I, I I just can't even remember like the last time we argued or maybe, or maybe like, but you're not playing dirty anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. Somebody, like, 
we're on the same team for the first time. Exactly. That's just like crazy. Yeah. That was another very foreign thing where I I remember I had a conversation with Brandon one night where I can't remember where I I felt scared to say something to him. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, wait. And so I I walked him through my thought process before telling him what I was going to say. And I was like, you know what? I just realized that you're my safe space and I don't have to be scared to come to you and say that, Hey, it hurt my feelings today because I wanted to spend extra time with you and you were busy doing X, Y, Z. Like if I had explained it to him and said, Hey babe, I want to spend more time with you and communicate. Like I've learned to communicate with Mm -hmm. him and I've learned he's a safe space to communicate with. And he was happy that I came to him and, and explained, I want to spend extra time with you this week because I'm feeling more emotional. I'm feeling like I need a little bit more husband time, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I used to feel like saying something like that would make me needy or clingy or annoying. Like that was the word for me. It was annoying. Yes, I didn't yes. want to annoy anybody. And it felt like such a huge relief for me to be like, I'm remembering, oh wait, yeah, we're on the same team. So mm-hmm. you'll listen to me and you care because this is a conscious effort for us every day to make sure that we're always each other's safe spaces. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So good. I love it. I love the right guy that is cracking me <laughs> up. Oh my that is so funny. That has to be a song. Like- <laughs> Somewhere in there. That's fun. What's the album going to be called? Are we allowed to know? Um, it's called Too Close to Home. Okay. Amazing. So Too Close to Home comes out at the end of August. Yes. And how can we keep up with you and listen to it? And where can we hang out with you? I am on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Wait, TikTok? TikTok. I'm on TikTok. Isn't that funny? I feel so old to be there. But yeah, I had to get a TikTok. Um, I'm on my way. So I'm all on there. And then let's see. Oh, I'm already following you. Okay, perfect. There I am. Um, and then all the music will be on all streaming platforms. Um, Apple, Tidal, Spotify, you name it. It'll be there. Yeah. So it'll be really fun. And I, every time a new song or anything comes out, I feel like I'm going to throw up and then... <laughs> It's scary, but it's so exciting. So I'm like, I can't wait to get this out. And then that day arrives and I'm like, no one who talked to me. I'm freaking out. <laughs> I literally, I'm laughing so hard because I put the audiobook in the launch team yesterday and I literally commented on the link. I want to throw up. Like, <laughs> it's when like, the last book came out, every comment or actually when the video came out, they were like, oh, I was getting all these messages from friends saying that they liked it. I'm like, I won't watch it. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. That was, I think my, like, I just copy pasted it to everybody at that point. Cause that was my only feeling. Got to throw up. Oh, that's so funny. Oh yeah. The video is so good. Thank um, you. Is it on Vimeo or YouTube and all those places? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's over there. I think it's okay, on Apple. So we have to watch. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's so good. I, I've actually watched it a few times and I'm like, yeah, like I'm jamming. So a few of the views are for me for sure. Thank you. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, Tucker, I'm so excited for what's to come. I can't wait to listen to the album. This is the soundtrack for Don't Date a Boo Dude. So 
I'm going to be listening to it. We're going to play it at the launch party. hundred yes. <laughs> percent. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.